Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and you're going to hear some background noise because it's 108 degrees here in Phoenix today, and I've got the fan on and the air conditioners on because I can't do this thing without it. It is so hot outside, and it isn't even getting started yet. It's still nice in the morning times, but it is miserable in the afternoons for sure. All right, with that being said, let's jump to the news. According to Bloomberg, Rivian will be working with Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, and Goldman Sachs to IPO at a $70 billion valuation. Now, Rivian is not choosing to merge with a SPAC. They're just going to do the IPO the traditional way. And if you don't know what a SPAC is, it's a special acquisition company. Is that what it is? SPAC? Special acquisition? Anyway, something like that. Back to the story, the United States Congress is looking into SPACs to see if they're legal or if they're, they're a thing that should even exist. Uh, basically, it's a holding company, and then instead of a, a company like Rivian spending billions of dollars to go public or hundreds of millions of dollars, a lot of money to go public, I don't know exactly how much it costs, to be honest with you, they merge with a SPAC and then um, it's far less expensive and a lot more, a lot easier in terms of like the paperwork and stuff like that because they're basically just merging with a company that's already listed on the stock exchange versus uh, going through the process of being listed on the stock exchange. So I'm sure there's uh, money savings and convenience. Uh, Nikola did this. Uh, Lucid Motors is doing this. So um, I think it's smart for Rivian to go the traditional way and uh, steer clear of any sort of potential controversy. Now we've talked about Ford and VW's EV platform partnership. Basically, Ford will use Volkswagen's EV platform, the MEB platform. We now know what the first vehicle will be. Uh, well, we know, <laughs> I should say, the first vehicle that Ford will build with the MEB platform will be an SUV. We don't know exactly what it's going to be called. All we know is all we know is that Ford said it will have an American design, which leads me to believe that it's probably the Bronco, but I don't know. One of the other things is because Volkswagen is the underpinnings of this uh, platform, basically the, the platform that Ford's going to build the car on top of. I don't know if American design is a dig at Volkswagen, which is a German company. I mean, I love Volkswagen. Don't get me wrong. They're 
besides Tesla, they're one of my favorite car companies out there. Um, but yeah, American design with, <laughs> with a German heart. I don't, I mean, I don't know how to get around that. Uh, Speaking of one of my favorite companies right now, last week's Patreon exclusive, we talked about the Hyundai Ionic 5. I mentioned that the Hyundai Ionic 6, excuse me, was scheduled to come out in 2022, possibly 2023. Here are some unconfirmed specs about the Hyundai Ionic 6 EV. It's going to be a mid-size EV, excuse me, mid-size sedan. Rear will it'll have two different uh, versions, a rear-wheel drive version which will be 72.6 kilowatt hours in North America. It'll be 77.4 for the battery, a range of up to 300 miles, zero to 60 in 7.4 seconds. So not exactly speedy as compared to a Tesla single motor real wheel drive. I don't know. I have such a hard time with that uh, output of 215 horsepower, which is about 160 Watts fast charging 10% to 80% in about 18 minutes, which is what the ionic, Five can do. The all-wheel drive version will be up to 700 or 270 miles range, 434 kilometers, zero to 60 in 5.2 seconds. So a little bit better. Obviously, it's going to be dual motor, one in the front, one in the back. 215 peak horsepower, again 160 kilowatts, and then fast charging still sits at about 18 minutes. Now the price of this vehicle may start about $50,000. We're thinking that the Ionic 5 is going to start about $40,000. So it makes sense that the Ionic 6 is going to be about $10,000 more than that. And in related rumors, Hyundai may offer, we don't know this for sure, but they may offer a three-month try-before-you-buy program for the Ionic 5. It doesn't sound like this is going to be free. It'll be structured like a very short-term lease. Hyundai is going the extra mile to get people to drive the CV. If you, I mean, I really like what they're doing here. If you couple this with their subscription program that we talked about in the Patreon feed, um, they're really going after customers in a way that makes it almost no friction for customers to try this car. So if short-term lease, you know, three months, try before you buy, they're like, sure, you don't want to buy or lease your car. You want to subscribe to the car service? Sure, we can do that too. We're going to go ahead and get you signed up. Uh, I really like what they're doing. They're working hard to get people into these cars, and I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, Hyundai's had a little problem in the past with the battery problems for the Kona. We we talked about that a few weeks ago with James and Howard, and I really believe that Hyundai is is doing everything within their power to get people in the seats of this vehicle. And I agree almost 100% with what they're doing so far. Um, it, it, I don't know if it's going to work, but they're, they're trying. You can't fault them for trying. All right. Last week we talked about president Biden's plans for EVs. One piece of the plan I didn't mention was the, new battery creation and recycling piece of the plan because I didn't know about it. I just learned about it this week. The key points on this are we want to rely on mining materials from either the United States or allied countries, and they want to spur battery recycling research. So they're going to invest in battery recycling research and more specifically like domestic recycling. We all know that 
an EV battery is worth a ton of money, even after it's done being used for a variety of reasons, which I won't go into here because I've talked about it a bunch of times. But that, um, that what do they call it? Urban mining? I can't remember what it's called. Something like urban mining, where basically they, they repurpose the metals in the battery to make more batteries. I mean, there's not literally gold in the batteries, but there is gold in them, their batteries. I don't know. There might be literally gold in there somewhere, but you know what I mean? Gold in them, their hills, gold in them, their batteries is really what I'm going with that. But basically this comes down to relying less on America's frenemies to harvest all the materials for batteries and more on self-reliance and then also through allies. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but first... I want to thank our Patreon supporters because it is the beginning of the month. Not only is it the beginning of the month, we have a new Patreon supporter, and that is Howard. Howard, thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. I, Patreon, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. I do owe you an email, and all of the rewards that you get for becoming a patron, I will get out to you um, probably Wednesday or Thursday. I've got some things going on in the next couple of days, but they will go out this next week. So, but again, thank you very much for supporting the show. In addition to that, there's a bunch of other people who support the show, and I'd just like to read off their names real quick. We have Jessica, Peter, Bruce, Elon Muskie, Rolando, Tommaso, Adam, Vanilla Wafer, Ryan, Karen, Chip, Chris, Dale, Don, Cameron, Nate, Mark, and James. Folks, thank you very much for supporting the show. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. All of the money goes back into the show. None of the money goes into my pocket. So if you want to join these folks in supporting this show, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. I I have the cheapest, pa- cheapest Patreon out there. It's a dollar. All of the money goes back into the show. None of the money goes into my pocket personally. But anyway, thank you everybody so much for supporting the show and listening to that. All right, jumping back into our news here. Tesla has issued a recall for Model 3s and Model Ys, and the issue is seatbelts. Now, there's two separate issues. There's two separate recalls. One of them is that the seatbelt itself may not be properly secured to the B pillar, which is the pillar that if you're sitting in the front seat is just behind you. And the second one is that the retractor may not be securely attached. And the retractor is what keeps the seatbelt tight. So when you get in an accident, that's what holds you in place. Or if you're getting in and out of your car, that's what allows the seatbelt to stretch across you. Now, this recall applies to certain Model 3s from 2018 to 2020 and certain Model Ys from 2019 to 2021. So not every vehicle. There's only about 7,600 total cars that are affected. But in any case, 7,600 cars isn't all that many. The United States Patent and Trade Office is examining, which is an official phase in the trademark office, they're examining Tesla's iconic T logo for some new categories. And those categories include restaurant services, pop-up restaurants, self-service restaurants, and takeout restaurants. So we know that Elon wants to build diners and drive-ins, which I know is in (laughs) just now realizing that's the name of a show on the Food Network, I think. Diners and dives, maybe. I don't know. I don't have cable. Anyway, I don't hate the idea of Tesla putting up restaurants at their superchargers, especially their more, the busier superchargers. 
And then something that looks kind of like a restaurant at the less busy chargers. Anyway, I think this is a really good idea and I'm looking forward to it. One of the things that Tesla has brought back, and it's always been there in the, in the underpinnings of the United States, but the car culture, like people who own Toyota Corollas may be getting together at gas stations and hanging out and chatting, but I don't think there's very many of those people that are going to organize events. I know that there's a, an event in Phoenix at the la- on the last Sunday of every month where they go to the Biltmore Supercharger and they just hang out and they talk and commune about a common hobby and just things that they love. And I don't know, there's something really nice about it. And to me, it makes perfect sense to transition from just regular superchargers to a diner-like atmosphere. Or how cool would it be to go to a Tesla-inspired drive-in? I love drive-ins. I think drive-ins are a lot of fun. One of the first movies, or the first movie we took my kids to was a drive-in. And unfortunately, (laughs) They don't remember because they were way too young. But it was really me for, you know, me and my wife and Sierra and less for those two. But that's the first movie they got to go to. It's pretty cool. Speaking of really cool entertainment systems, the Model X and Model X's entertainment system, the in-car entertainment system, is powered by AMD. And this is not just a like a regular entertainment system. This is a 10 teraflop gaming computer. This is a very powerful computer. We're looking at the same technology that powers the PS5. I mean, it's not a PS5, but it's the same technology, the underpinnings. This new system is not only powerful, but is also efficient. This is really important when your vehicle is powered by a battery. So you need to have it, you know, efficient. But if you're going to play games like The Witcher, or if you're going to have the ability to play games like The Witcher in your Tesla, you have to have a system, uh, an entertainment system that can power it. Now, The Witcher 3 is an older game. Don't get me wrong, it's not the newest game out there. But I'm sure, especially with the power in this uh, in the Tesla, they're going to be coming out with newer games for you to play. And while I don't necessarily want to play video games in my car, I can tell you there are times when I'm sitting at driveline waiting to pick my kids up for school, and I show up to driveline 30 to 40 minutes ahead of time so that I can get one of those sweet spots and I don't have to park on the road and I can pick my kids up faster. Um, I I wouldn't say no to playing a video game waiting to pick my kids up, especially if it had a really cool sound system. So I'm hoping that this gaming system finds its way into the Cybertruck is really what I'm saying. All right, that's all of our fun news. Now we're just going to talk about the you know same old boring battery stuff. Um, Tesla has submitted plans to build a battery plant at Giga Berlin. According to Inside EV's Mark Kane, the plant is expected to produce 4680 battery cells. And we knew this was coming, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't produce 2170 cells at the plant alongside the 4680 cells, at least until Tesla transitions everything to a common cell or cell form factor. Uh, It it just kind of makes more sense to me not to throw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of the cells. Like they're still building model threes there. They're still building model Ys there. And I know eventually the, the plan is to transition those cars to the upgraded cells, but which cells are they going to transition them to? Because LG has developed a new battery cell that will be composed of 90% nickel, which means an approximate 5% reduction in cobalt, which if you're building a lot of battery cells is significant. 
And then an expectation, I'm only saying expectation because we don't know for sure, of improved energy density. So the NCMA battery cell is nickel, cobalt, manganese, and aluminum. Although there's no official announcement for this, it looks like Tesla is going to be using this battery cell for the Model Y in China. That's what the rumors are. It's not guaranteed. It also looks like the GM will be using the same battery cell in their Hummer EV, which will be released in September. And if you thought that story was really cool, wait, because I still have more battery news. You all know I love the batteries. So Tesla has secured contracts to purchase about a billion dollars a year in battery minerals from Australia. Now, Tesla already gets most of their lithium from Australia, so it makes sense, at least on the surface, that this is the logical next step. I don't exactly know which minerals they'll be getting from Australia because the article didn't say it. So for now, we're going to keep an eye on this story, and I'll update you as I get more information. But I do think this is this is valuable information in that I didn't know that Tesla buys most of the lithium from Australia already. I would have figured Venezuela because Venezuela is got a great infrastructure for lithium. If you listen, 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 if you're curious about lithium production, like I am, there's a podcast I listen to called the global global lithium podcast. I don't know what's wrong with my tongue today by Joe Lurie. And it is actually a really good podcast, but they talk about Venezuela there all the time. So I just figured that Venezuela would be where most EV companies got their lithium from, but I was wrong. All right, let me see where I was. Okay. (laughs) Elon tweeted and the world listened. Let's talk about Elon's tweets. Elon announced that full self-driving version 0.9, still not a 1.0 release, will enable pure vision and should be released in the next three weeks, which means anytime between now and 2023 on Tesla and Elon time. Also, just kind of as a side note here, In our current political and social climate, no matter how you feel about it and what side of the issues you're on, maybe, just maybe, we don't call something pure vision. Especially when we're talking about a line of very expensive cars that some people feel is already elitist. I mean, let's go. Optics? Anyone? Optics? Um, Maybe, I mean, think of something else. Just call it vision. Just call it vision. Vision's a great name. You don't got to call it pure vision. Anyway. Uh, Tesla has canceled the Model S Plaid. Elon, again, tweeted, Plaid Plus is canceled. No need, as Plaid is just as good. But it's not, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Here are the Plaid Plus specs that, that we know that are kind of important. So top speed, 200 miles per hour. That's the same as the Plaid. 0 to 16, 1.99 seconds. That is screaming fast. But the range... The Plaid Plus was going to have 520-mile range, according to Tesla and Elon, but the Plaid only has about 390-mile range. Still good, but not as good as the Plaid Plus. Now, if you think that I am sad or upset in any way that they're canceling this product, no, couldn't be further from the truth. However, I do think there's a reason why they are canceling this product, and I don't think it's because the plaid is just as good as the plaid plus i think there's a reason other than that which is probably a production issue some sort of technology issue that isn't quite ready yet 
Or it may be that Tesla's just too busy and they can't fire up another line to build these cars because they're already at maximum capacity, which kind of sounds like they are. What it comes down to is I'm just not buying Elon's reasoning because Tesla is that company that always goes over the top. So there's something else that's going on. And maybe it's just like, hey, we're only going to build five of these. So what's the point? But it's something. And it's not what he thinks it is. Or it's not what he says it is. But speaking of canceling products, Tesla has canceled the passenger seat lumbar support for the Model Y. Now, Elon mentioned on Twitter that, see, Twitter, according to Tesla's data, the lumbar positioning knob or whatever it is they only that was only used about five percent of the time less than five percent of the time throughout a year so that's the reasoning for canceling or removing it from the model y but my response is of course why once you have it set why would you move it move it other than maybe some small adjustments depending on how your back feels on that particular day but my wife sits in the passenger seat of my car rarely but sometimes she does and the car seat is set up to what she likes so there's no reason to change it and if somebody else gets in my car they don't typically change anything and you know your tesla's charging a ton of money for this car so please don't skimp on things like lumbar support i think i happen to think as an older person that's really important. And again, you're charging a ton of money for this car and other cars in this price range or these price range have lumbar support. My $33,000 CX-9 has lumbar support. It's not that uncommon. Uh, Elon also explained why the Model 3 and Model Y, why the price keeps changing. And the reason why is because of supply chain issues. Not a big surprise here. And, um, honestly, I'm glad that Elon cleared it up, but I don't necessarily know that he needed to, um, you know, and I can't, when I think back on how I was talking about this story in the last couple of weeks on how the prices keep changing, I don't know if I was neutral about it or if I really even cared about it. Sometimes I'm sarcastic without meaning to be sarcastic and judgmental without meaning to be judgmental. But this really doesn't surprise me, nor am I mad about it. I Like, it's a totally reasonable reason for prices to go up. Um, look at the price of lumber. It's ridiculous right now. Now, while Elon is explaining things on Twitter, it would be nice if he explained things that we don't know like. When will we hear about the price and availability of full self-driving subscription? So... We were supposed to find out in May, and to the best of my knowledge, that information has not been released. And I don't, I don't know why. It doesn't seem like that's something that they really need time to flush out. It seems more like they can actually uh, come up with a price fairly easily. So I'm not sure what the holdup is on this, but it would be nice to know. Lots of people are are wondering and waiting. All right, and our final story this week, we're going to talk about solar panels. And more specifically, what happens if you have Tesla solar solar panels, not a solar roof, but the actual solar panels, and you want to work on the roof, like you need to replace tiles or shingles or replace something that's damaged on the roof. What do you do? Well, Tesla has some details on the removal and reinstallation of solar panels. And they call them um, they call them R and R removals. So here are the three R and R removals. Man, I don't understand why my my mouth isn't working today. I cannot enunciate anything. Anyway, 
The first one is roof work. So this is a roof that needs to be repaired or replaced. Um, as long as the roof remains the same, like the roof line remains the same, the reinstall will happen in its original location and you don't have to pull permits or anything like that. Now, if you do a home remodel, depending on how much you change on the roof, you may have to go re-go through the process of permitting and then also like the the layout of the panels that may change, which is also probably why you have to do some permitting stuff. And then relocation, which is if you move. And I actually did this, so I have some personal experience. And we have a lot of uh, listener, new listeners, so I'm going to go through that here in a second. Here are the steps for to request uh, removal and reinstallation. First, you request it, and then it takes about two days for Tesla to respond back to you. And then they send a home improvement agreement that you need to read and sign, which is basically... Um, the standard R and R is that you, it's just a basic removal of the system work gets done and then they put it back on and the contracts in this case sites, competitive pricing will be calculated considering on the scope, considering the scope of the work. I actually have an actual price in my contract that I will, uh, reveal a little bit later. And then you have the custom R and R, which is temporarily moving part or all of the solar system so that you complete work and then the changing roof lines and remodeling the home and that kind of thing. We already talked about that a little bit. And then additional equipment, like if you need to have snow mitigation clips, rapid shutdown equipment, a cellular gateway, that kind of stuff, that all goes through an, an additional R&R. And once you've signed this paperwork, then you schedule the removal and then Tesla reinstalls the panels after the work is done or you've moved into your new house. So I have two solar uh, arrays on top of my house. They were removed from my old old house and installed on my new house. And the cost to me was $1,500. Now, in general, right, in both of my contracts, it says that the cost is going to cost $1,500. So we assume that's $3,000. But Tesla was really nice because they were coming out. They're basically removing everything and then putting everything up on the same day. Even though they're two different systems, they only charged us $1,500, which is awesome. But that includes the removal of the panels, storing the panels, and then whatever regulatory requirements Tesla had to jump through. They removed the panels at the end of July, and it might have been the beginning of August, but it was right around that time period. And the panels were reinstalled on my new house, or I guess installed on my new house, in November or December of that same year. Now, it took a little bit of time for approvals to get done, and then SRP came out and gave the go-ahead to turn them on in January. So depending on what kind of removal you have and what kind of remodel you have, obviously that's going to change a little bit. But even in the very simple case of removing the system from one house and installing it on my new house, that took roughly six months. So if you are going to go through, if you have Tesla solar panels and you're going to go through this process, you're looking at right around six months. Um, I would just plan on that. Anyway, I thought Tesla service was fantastic. Um, the person who was managing the team that came out to install the panels was like, hey, it shows on our um, schematic that they're going to put panels on this side of the house, on the north side of the house, and on the south side of the house. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. All the sun is on the south side of your house. Would it be okay with you if we installed them all on the south side of the house where the house gets all the sun? And that makes total sense to me. 
And I was like, yeah, go ahead. So he got the permission to do that. And somehow, and I don't know how this ended up, but we got eight additional panels <laughs> on on the one of the, the solar arrays. And um, I know this because one of the people that came out to inspect it, when it was all done and turned on, he's like, oh, you have eight additional panels they put up there. That's cool. And I was like, that is cool. I didn't know that was a thing. So Tesla went above and beyond, and we got eight additional panels. Um, and and then another thing, and I'm, I know this sounds like an ad for Tesla, but it really isn't. But this is just my own experience. We had some trouble with panels right after they installed the system, like that summer. It was like the summer of 2020, actually. We had some problems, and they came out, and they worked on it, and they're like, you know what? These panels need to be replaced. So they replaced pretty much my whole the, the array on system number one, which is the oldest system. And I got all new panels, which is pretty cool of them to do. So I thought their service was fantastic. Um, the first person we worked with in, in moving the, the panels from one place to another, he, he was terrible. But once we got done working through that problem and they assigned us a new rep, um, that rep was amazing and he was organized and awesome. Anyway, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, the solar panel story was interesting. I was trying to write it up in a way that would be informative while not going too much into my own stuff. I realize I did tell a little story, but I was trying to give you the pluses and the negatives of this whole process. Anyway, if you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter at 918digital. And yeah, that's the show this week. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you all have a great week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.